For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief treating their child with cannabis. These are their stories. Welcome to another episode of Love and Cannabis. I am Nina Simmons. And I am Osiris Stephan. And we are the proud parents of Aiden Stephan. Well, hey guys, welcome to another episode. Hello, hello. So tonight we have a special guest. Yes, I'm really excited about um, this guest. We met a while back at, um, we both were panelists for um, Women Grow. And we were there um, sharing our experiences with cannabis. Her name is Jessie Gill. She is the founder of Marijuana Mommy. Yay, welcome. 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 <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate the invite. Oh, yes, we're so excited to have you. So how's it going? Uh, it's pretty good. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's strange. The world is so different now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're very unpredictable. Right? I am, yeah. So, right. so we're, yeah. So just like you guys in New York, it's a mess here. You know, it's been, it's funny because you know you read about other places that are are just enacting these rules with masks and stuff, and for here, it's been required for so long. It just seems seems crazy. Yeah, exactly. So my family is from South Carolina, and now we were about to make a trip down there, but now they're in the reverse as us. Yes, Whereas we, right? so I'm like, what? I was going down there for some relief from all of this. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and now, and now they in, 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 enacted those travel restrictions. So exactly. So now, <laughs> so I'm like, what? <laughs> and then now they're saying they have to wear a mask. So I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> so I know it's good. I think we're going to see that a lot where it hasn't been you know, an issue people haven't been guarded enough yet. I think we'll see it, uh, you know, some, some, uh, influxes and cases, but hopefully, hopefully they take steps and get it under control. Exactly. So so what I also forgot to introduce Jesse, yeah, she's also, um, a member of the American cannabis nurse association. So tell us a little bit about that and your, um, your involvement in that. Oh, it's such a fantastic organization. So, the American Cannabis Nurses Association. So I'm a registered nurse. Yes. And that's actually how I started and got into cannabis. But the American Cannabis Nurses Association is a nonprofit uh, professional organization for nurses. And um, we're a national organization. We have nurses all across the country with a very special focus on cannabis therapeutics. So, you know, it's a community that is really engaged in the advocacy and a fight for legalization um, and really engaged in the medicinal aspects of the cannabis plant and, and the utilization of it. So a lot of us, you know, we serve in a lot of different capacities um, individually, the members, um, but the organization, one of our, our biggest goals in the organization is to really have cannabis therapeutics uh, accepted as an official subspecialty of nursing. Nice. So just as we have like wound care nurses and cardiac nurses and, you know, all, uh, you know, OB nurses, we have so many different um, subspecialties and we would love to see cannabis therapeutics. And I think it's, you know, it's going to take a long time 
time to get there. They've the organization has been working on it, you know, for a decade. We just really? had our ten year anniversary. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes. So it's been amazing. I'm proud to be a, a board member. Um, you know, we have an, an awesome board and an incredible executive uh, committee who's uh, been really leading um, a lot of growth in the organization. So it's been really cool. It's amazing to watch things transform in the medical community. So how um, are nurse in a whole, how do you feel, um, what's the census of, of most nurses now with the use of cannabis, like for medicinal purposes? Mm. That's a good question. And it, it really depends on, on where you go. Mm-hmm. You know, here, us on the East Coast, we still have very limited access. Yes. It's still very, very restricted, um, well, at least here in the tri-state area still. <laughs> But hopefully that changes soon. Um, But, you know, so the nurses here, you know, or medical professionals in general are are fairly, you know, uneducated. They Mm, they don't teach it in nursing school at all. There's nothing taught in nursing school or medical school about cannabis or the even the endocannabinoid system. Wow. Um, So, yeah, not a thing that they don't even mention it. Now they're starting to add it to programs. But it's such an essential system. So if nurses don't go outside of that, you know, and aren't exposed to education beyond that, they never learn it. And here, you know, there's still a stigma with cannabis use. And a lot of people will not report it to their doctors or nurses. So it's not discussed. So I think as legalization changes and and that kind of naturally happens, you know, as as places legalize, it becomes more more people start talking about it. And slowly that education builds because you have no choice. You're going to encounter patients who use cannabis after it's legal. It's You're going to. You have to know about it. You have to learn about it. So, you know, over on the West Coast, there's a lot more awareness and a lot more education. And, and thus, there's more acceptance. Um, but we're just starting to really work on that on, on the East Coast. And it's been it's been great. You know, the, the vast majority of healthcare professionals have a very positive response. And they do want to learn about it. And they have heard really amazing things about it so so fortunately you know there's always those those people who <laughs> really believe it's it's evil and will never see mm-hmm. you know anything different unless they experience it themselves um you know but but for the most part i think we are seeing change so i brought this up because of um you know we had a bill and uh we we had a bill in place mm-hmm. i know beautiful bill yeah because we we hit a roadblock when aiden went to preschool and he needed his 12 p.m. dose of CBD oil and we thought there wouldn't be a problem I guess you know unbeknownst to us Mm -hmm. we had his medicine bag at that time he had a one-to-one nurse and he was taking other pharmaceutical meds and he was taking Mm -hmm. his um CBD and he had to take CBD at 12 so I just innocently packed the CBD and the nurses said, okay, what are his meds? And I said, okay, this, this, and this. And she's like, what is that? I said, the CBD. You know, he gets it at 12. We had um, a Dr. Shin, a cannabis doctor prescribe mm-hmm. it. He had his medical marijuana card. So I, I figure, you know, it was all good. It wasn't all good. <laughs> mm-hmm. She crazy. Is, she didn't want it to, she did not want to administrate it um, to him. Um, we then talked to his supervisor uh, from the agency. She said no. We either we even got to a firm discussion with the New York State Board of Nursing, mm-hmm. and we went into this firm back and forth. So basically, what it came down to was that no, the nurses could not um, administer it to him. It sounded it was more like they didn't want to. 
That, that's what it like. They made personal choice. You know, it there is it it does get really complicated of uh, what they can and can't administer, and you know, getting official doctor's orders, and that's one of the challenges with cannabis, and it's all related to the Schedule One classification, which is just basically yep, it's ridiculous. But you know, their nurses could have their license removed if there's no bill to protect them, and and. You know, it's a shame your bill hadn't been passed yet. It's there have been places that they have passed the bill, and uh, the mo- majority of school nurses are eager to help their students and their patients, and you know are are happy to learn about CBD oil and, and cannabis in general and administer it. But of course, you have those who are steadfastly against it still, and usually they often cite medical malpractice as the the reason that they don't want to do but you know we can get medical malpractice like i as an as a cannabis nurse have medical malpractice insurance so i don't i don't know it's it's uh it's just this dang dang uh schedule one classification it's it's ridiculous and and horrific um and it, it causes you know it's why so many patients can be discriminated against so yeah that's a major issue and one of the things i found out um through rumor that uh, they've taken parts of the bill itself and amended current laws. Um, and like if it would apply to education law or the department of health um, and their guidelines. So uh, if you're, if the child has to have received their CBD or their medical marijuana while on campus, they would uh, have a caregiver on campus be able to administer it. So if they're in a nursing home or if they're in some residential treatment center, they can receive it then. So they literally took pieces of the bill itself and just basically yeah. amended any current law so they wouldn't have to do the process of, you know, creating a new law. Huh. Well, that's interesting. That's a very interesting way. So so is that an That's the problem. In, in, it's on the uh, books. It's in the papers, but no one's yeah. enforcing it in the school. So the schools that's are not aware. The, the school's not aware. So if right. the nurse say, you know, you're allowed to have a caregiver on your card, so if you, the nurse would want to, and it's all up to her or him, they can become the child's caregiver. Ah, that's So that's, that's the caveat. So they can become the caregiver and therefore able to administer the cannabis in school. Yeah, that's what we put into the bill, that uh, the schools would ah. require to put a protocol in place to assign the caregiver. So a caregiver could be the teacher or it could be, you know, an the aide nurse, school or the school, uh, and the school nurse. You know, it's easier for it to be the school nurse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense to be the school <laughs> yeah, nurse. Silly that it wouldn't yeah. be. So that was the thing was that, but they would have to be, create a policy around that so that everybody's aware. And that also that the medicine would be kept inside the nurse's office. So they would have it kept away, just mm-hmm. like any medication that yeah. a child needs daily. Right. Yes, up. yes, of course. Yeah, so, but it's, it's absurd politics. that that you guys as parents have to jump through hoops just to get kids medicine, especially when it's so much safer than yes, so many more of the than what he's currently taking. Yes, I totally agree. Yes. totally agree. And that that was the upsetting part. It's like you're arguing with these adults about this. Is like you guys don't make any sense. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and they don't understand it. You know, a lot of people just don't get it. Yeah, and that always made me wonder, though, do they even talk about, you know, herbal medicine in medical school or even nursing? No, uh, very little. So it's all pharmacology, basically. 
Oh, yes. So, so, so pharmacology focused, very pharmacology focused. You know, we talk a little bit about holistic healthcare, and of course, it varies from program to program. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, and they talk about some things like, you know, they briefly go through th- certain things like probiotics or stuff like that, but not anywhere near wow. um, even the basics of in depth. That's yeah. interesting. So, Share with me, like, I'll share with us basically. How did you get all get started in this industry? Oh, like so many other people, I became a patient first, and and I know so many people come as uh, you know come into this as a patient or or a loved one of a patient who's seen it worked. And I was a hospice nurse, and I loved my career. It was amazing. I was so good at it, and I got hurt one day at work. And I suffered from a spinal injury and it damaged like a few nerves and I mean, a few discs in my neck and, and a whole bunch of nerves in my neck and my arm, my throat and the back of my head. Yeah. And yeah. And it, you know, for a long time I was like, I'm going to get better. It's going to be, you know, any day now I'll just find the next doctor who's going to give me the right medicine or the right treatment. And I started just hunting and I, I, I tried everything, you know, I tried every drug they gave me. I tried every treatment option. I tried every holistic treatment option, you know, every oil I could buy or anything, you know, acupuncture, flotation therapy, everything. And um, nothing helped. And I had major surgery, uh, multi-level spinal fusion in my neck. Yeah. And then I actually got worse from the spinal fusion. And I was just living. It was, uh, it, uh, it was devastating. I was, uh, you know, they were like, there's nothing else we can do for you. You're palliative, which means you're never going to get better. And you just have to live. And I was taking, um, I was taking opiates and Valium around the clock and, you know, tons of other nasty medications and the side effects were devastating. And um, somebody suggested cannabis and I thought it was absurd. And I was like, that's like so silly. You know, if, if morphine can't help me, then a joint's not going to be able to help me. And I was, I was annoyed. <laughs> I was like, I'm a nurse. I'm a hospice nurse. You know, I'm pain, pain management was my specialty, like comfort. That was, that's what I did every day. And, um, <laughs> so I was like just blowing it off and I talked to my mom and my mom is also a nurse and she was like, why, why wouldn't you try this? Like, why, why wouldn't you look into it? Wow. And, um, yeah. And she said, <laughs> She said, oh, she's like, God works in mysterious ways. And I was like, that's Very like true. really cliche, but okay. And I try and, you know, they went with me. My parents took me to my first dispensary appointment. I was really nervous about it, um, you know, really anxious. I had some experience with cannabis, you know, previously, many, many years earlier, and I didn't have good associations to it. Yeah. And so I was so nervous. I was so anxious about it. And, you know, as I had started to read about it and learn about the actual real research, I started getting hopeful. And I'm like, okay, maybe this can help. I'm like, this is actually, this is a research out there. It's, this actually is a real thing. And, um, it was that day I tried it that I, that very same day I was able to stop both opiates and Valium, like, um, with no problems yet. It was amazing. And, um, yes. And then later I cut down on all the other pharmaceuticals and yeah, it's been, it's been absolutely amazing. And I still have so many challenges, like physically, you know, I still have, I still have pain and I still have a lot of dysfunction. I can't drive, which sucks in New Jersey. But oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you need terrible. to drive in New Jersey. So frustrating. Around. Yeah. But, 
But you know, it's it cannabis manages it. It it helps me manage the pain and without all of those nasty horrific side effects that all the pharmaceuticals did. And then I was, you know, after it, I experienced such, you know, a turnaround. At that point, I was already writing. I was writing about parenting and different things and health. I was writing a lot about health and family health. And I was like, I just have to start writing about this. I'm like, you know, I, if this helped me so much and I, you know, was so uh, opposed to it, I know there are other people out there like me. And like being a nurse, I knew how important it was for healthcare professionals to actually give you know, uh, actually put the put their voices to work and, you know, get the, the education out there and get the research out there. And that's when, you know, I started Marijuana Mommy and uh, and it's just been growing from there. It's been amazing. Wow, congrats. Well, <laughs> thank was... you. So tell the listeners more about this amazing educational platform that you have um, on, mer- on medical mar- on medical mommy. <laughs> marijuana mommy marijuana, marijuana it's been you know it's great it started um and it's the uh, the goal of marijuana mommy the whole purpose of it is to teach new patients how and why to use cannabis so that's really a blend of of the content that we have up there it's you know there is a lot of informational articles about different things cannabis can help or different ways CBD oil can help. Yes. Um, and then there's more practical things like, um, you know, uh, product guides, um, guides to different things like dryer vaporizers and then instructional how to's. And I put a lot of videos up to my YouTube channel, which is all fed over to marijuana mommy. Um, but I do a lot of things like teaching about decarboxylation and the cooking process of cannabis, you know, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did see that. Now, and I also have interviews with amazing people like Nina. Yes, I was on there. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I got to watch that. I didn't even see that. Video. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It feels like forever ago. It does. <laughs> I think it was a year ago. It said a year ago. I'm like, I didn't see that. Okay, <laughs> best kept secret. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> yeah, so it's just amazing because I love the way that the. The website is organized. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's easy to read. It's really easy to it's read. Full. If you just what you want to know one thing, you can click on that one thing. If you want to know many things, you can click on and like, because not many websites. There's not that there isn't any websites like that that talk, that have a a stream to a a live feed and to YouTube. So that was like when I went on the website, it was very very informative. And uh, oh, thank you. And one of the things that Osiris want to get into is actually starting to make cbd for aiden ah yes yes it's much more economical if you make it yourself exactly because <laughs> mm-hmm. fe- you know we're feeling it yes yes i can only imagine so how did you find this right strain for you i mean do you use a specific strain to help you or is that just different types or are you even using hybrid like what how was it for you to figure out which one works best for you oh it's such a challenge and it's really a challenge in New Jersey, too, because we don't have very good access. And I know I don't think in New York you guys have very good access no, either. It's horrible. No, yeah. not really. So, I mean, it's so, so challenging. And, you know, I counsel a lot of patients. I'm still a nurse. And I and with my cannabis background, I, I help a lot of patients. And that's one of the biggest issues, like finding that consistent access because patients will find something it'll work and it'll change their lives and then all of a sudden you can't get it anymore and it's it's devastating so for me it was just trial and error 
And, you know, there are ways that you can, and tools out there that you can look at, you know, a lot of, for a long time, we've gone by that, that sativa indigo hybrid um, mm. terminology. It's not really, it's not really accurate. Um, and that we're kind of moving towards saying more like uh, sedating versus mm. stimulating. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and, you know, because everything out there is now a hybrid. There's really no true sativas or true indicas left. Yes. It's all been bred. And, you know, it's it's challenging. Another thing we really consider when we start looking at, at choosing strains is the terpenes in the strain. That can be very, you know, in, indicative of what's going to work. So if I, if I find a strain that has, you know, um, certain terpenes, then I can kind of look. And if you look at Leafly, leafly.com. Yes. Yes, they changed to that flower module instead of like listing. They used to have like little, uh, uh, little. It was like the little emojis for each strain. Now it's a flower, and it the flower is very representative of of the cannabinoid profile and the mm. terpene profile of the plant. So you can kind of find things that have a similar flower, and in theory, that should be very similar to the strain that you know you're comparing it to. Now, unfortunately, I mean, we're talking about a plant here and it varies a lot, even, you know, from crop to crop, the terpenes or the cannabinoid profile of a plant can be totally different. And even, even the same crop from, you know, one at one corner of a a greenhouse to another corner of a greenhouse can be very different. So it, it is challenging. You know, I really believe strongly that patients should be allowed to grow their own cannabis at home and we don't have that law. Yeah. Yeah. I know you guys don't either. It's so frustrating. It is. It's the consistency that we tend to have a challenge with. A uh, couple of times we were dealing with certain CBD companies, you know, to get for Aiden. Uh, mm-hmm. For a couple of months it's working. And then all of a sudden we just noticed that there's a, you know, there's a change. Now the seizures is an uptick. And then we question them. It's like, hey, what happened? What did you guys change? They were like, oh, which one were you using? And we point out the specific um, product or brand. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, we don't have that strain anymore. <laughs> We ran Terrible. out, so we changed it. I'm like, you can't do that. You got to let us know. Yeah, especially yeah, for a child. That's horrible. So, that's so, so terrible. I know people don't even realize how significant that it can be. Oh, yeah. Even with the ingredients, too, because I think we were using one particular product, and they added an emulsifier in it, like a lechin <sighs> oil. Oh, my gosh. So and, and that triggered his seizures. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, that's one of the challenges with, again this whole schedule and classification and the lack of regulation you know there's no fda oversight over cbd at all people can put whatever they want on the bottle Um, they can change it at will and not even tell anyone you know because there's no laws regulating them and it's so it's kind of like the wild wild west out there in cbd land and you know testing is so so important you know we talk about that all the time but everybody's testing and everybody says oh we're third-party testing but a lot of places are only testing like the cannabinoid profile and they aren't testing the terpenes and they aren't testing for toxins or molds or all of the other or even pesticides so so it's it's so challenging because in order to know how safe a product is and how reliable it is you really have to look at the details of that testing like you really have to look for you know um a full panel testing and um most most consumers have no idea to ask for that i mean it's very complicated and, and when they do ask for it they have no idea what they're looking at you know when you get the reports we need yeah we need that oversight eventually 
Now, with question, uh, don't you think that if we do get that oversight, that it'll be overregulated and it'll almost seem as if they're just going to narrow it down to where only those with licenses, even medical licenses, be able to sell medical marijuana? Um, you know, that's always, of course, the fear. Um, but I don't think, you know, we have we have states that have good oversight and have good regulations and it hasn't been, you know, a bad thing. Or if you look at Vermont, Vermont's laws, they're looking to really, um, you know, get uh, tighter in what they allow as far as CBD testing and their agricultural department and their hemp testing in Vermont. And it's fantastic what they're trying to implement. So oh. we, I, I think doing, making regulations like that across the board could be really, really beneficial. But you're right. We have to keep that in mind. We have to consider it and we have to not let that happen because that's always a possibility, even without even without the oversight. It's a possibility right. that it could just go that way. Yeah, because with us, with the, the terpenes, bringing up the topic of the terpenes, mm-hmm. and uh, there were some articles said that some terpenes, um, for example, are anti-inflammatory, right? Mm-hmm. So... That could have been that entourage effect. Absolutely, that was, that was helping the ch- uh, whoever might say with seizures. Mm-hmm. And then we noticed that certain batches didn't have certain terpenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that, and this these are companies that you know we trust and do do all the testing, but they can't, like you said, they can't control. This is a natural plant. Yes. They yeah. can't control the batches sometimes. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Now, for you, do you choose, which would you prefer, outdoor grow or indoor? Um, I don't think I have too much of a preference as far as outdoor, indoor. I do like soil grown as opposed to hydroponic. Okay. Um, I like real living soil, um, but that's really the only preference that I have as far as it. I think there's a lot of benefits on both. Um, you know, if you have the climate to grow outside, it's amazing, but a lot of you know, we don't <laughs> have for full year round here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's true. We got to do it indoor. Now, how's your family embraced uh, you in this new path, uh, your career? Oh, uh, you like know, the kids are like, "Hey, my mom has marijuana. Yeah. I'm going to hang out." <laughs> yes, it's always nerve wracking, right? Yeah, you know, and yeah. and it was like really a concern for me about with my kids. Like, do I tell them? Like, when I became a patient, which it's been so long now, like it's been five years, six six years, something like that. So at the time, um, yeah, I guess it's been five years. My my son was in third grade, and my daughter was in college, and it was really scary. Like, do you tell them? Do you talk about it? And, um, you know, eventually I knew that I had to tell them for so many reasons. And like, you know, first of all, I didn't want them finding it or smelling it and getting scared that I was doing something illegal. I wanted them to know that I was following all laws and, and rules. And, you know, I also wanted to prepare them because I knew eventually they would learn the stigma. You know, eventually in school, they're going to have a teacher. It's like marijuana is going to kill you and you know a gateway yes the gateway drug (laughs) it's inevitable and and thankfully i did sit them down and talk to them and they were good my daughter was like kind of she was just starting college so she was um she's a very unique young lady and she was she's never been you know into alcohol or drugs but she was like okay mom whatever's gonna help you and with her she saw the results right away so she witnessed the change. Like it was, it, I went from really, really bad to much, much better. Um, and so for her, it was just 
like, you know, easy acceptance because of witnessing that with my son. He just didn't know, you know, he didn't, he didn't know what it was. So he was like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's more uncomfortable with it. Now he's in middle school and he does struggle with it. He is a little, you know, it's more, unfortunately he has people in his life who are not, you know, say mean things about it and are, are just, you know, perpetuate that, false stigma so he worries about judgment and he worries about that a lot like are people going to judge me yeah it is very sad and you know i think by the time he's in college he'll be over that but yeah (laughs) my daughter my daughter's like always like oh my mom you know here's my mom's website she thinks it's hilarious so (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah (laughs) so uh, going through this i mean what was like the biggest challenges at the face i mean did you have a lot of support as you were going through the transition of coming off the opiates and all that and moving into cannabis, you know, cause I know trying mm-hmm. to work and trying to juggle all these things, I, it, you probably was at your wits end, you know, also taking care of your family. Yeah. Yeah. It was really bad. You know, I was, I wasn't working at all. I mean, I was writing a little bit at that point when I, when I went on cannabis, but I was very disabled. Um, I wasn't wow. functioning. Yeah. It was, um, it was a really, really hard time. Um, so, and then I got, I also, um, have um history of ulcerative colitis and i ended up getting like a really Uh, bad colitis episode yes so i had already um it was kind of fortuitous timing because i was already waiting for my card when that all happened and i was starting to decrease the opiates and the the value and all of the medications because i was you know vomiting nonstop. um so i wasn't really so i was kind of already um reducing my dosages so for me, it was very simple to, to come off of opiates. And also, I, you know, I, I say this often, I'm, I'm, just, I'm very, very fortunate, so fortunate in the fact that opiates don't give me that euphoria. They don't give me that good feeling that so many people get from them. They make me really sick and I never uh... like taking them. And that for me is a blessing because, you know, that's really what causes more people to take them, that good euphoria feeling. And for me, I never really got that. So it was like easy for me to say goodbye because they had always made me so sick but you know i i am so fortunate in my support system like my parents live in the same town as me and they are amazing and you know always there for me for everything so and my sister lives in the same town so yeah i'm very 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 blessed with an amazing support system Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. For us, when we uh, when we started using uh, cannabis oil for our son, it was kind of somewhat taboo with our family. Like, oh, is he going to get high? Is he? It's like all the, you know, all the stigma questions. Like, And so you had to live like in isolation. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want anybody else to know. So we're just going to stay to ourselves. Oh, that's so hard. And it makes that isolation makes it even harder. It's such a such a tough topic it is it is it was it's kind of stressful i mean for the fact that okay you know we have the stigma that he's going to be using it we're using it and it's just like okay we're kind of that be like the black sheep of the family now you know it's like oh here they come oh. <laughs> when did they you know they sniff you and like they smell like marijuana it's like no no <laughs> your son's eyes is a little beady is he oh, is he hot? Like, no that. he's tired you know it's like yeah. he's tired <laughs> It's like, dude, he's high. He's been up all night. Seizures, you know? <laughs> like, People cut us some suck, supply. Man. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> but, like, well, the worst thing could be what? You could be cranky, angry, or just physically ill. But it's like, 
you're just happy. You're smiling. Is, is that a problem? Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful plant, beautiful experience. How are exactly. they now? Are they more accepting now, seeing its results? Oh, yes. It's, yeah, it's funny. Awesome. They were sending us emails. They were sending us clips about uh, cannabis in the news. You we're know, like, we already know this, but okay. Thank you for sending this to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we've been telling us for like a year or so now. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I, I had the same. So I had some, you know, family or friends who weren't very accepting in the beginning who thought it was out of my mind. Yes. <laughs> when I started, they were supportive of me being a patient, but less supportive of my very public uh, sharing about the information and yeah same thing same thing sending me stuff later I was like oh well, it's just great that they turn around like that and then they then they start looking for help right like hey what yes, should I try exactly exactly yeah. if we're getting that like a little like on the text uh-huh. oh, can I talk to you about something sure uh, awesome. uh I have pain or I you know I I what can I get? Like, oh, okay, no problem. Yeah, I'm interested, and I, I mean, but just just between us, it's yeah. Legal, right? <laughs> it's like, and you could be in the car with them alone. They want to whisper. I'm like, there's yeah. nobody around. Yes, all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's open now. I yeah. think it's like some type of. I, I just we just let it be and just laugh. Like, yes, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and I well. remember I remember being there. I remember being that scared person wanting to whisper. So I get yeah. it. <laughs> like the phones of wiretaps. <laughs> I remember when we we got our first CBD. Um, when, when Aiden first got seizures, um, they were not shipping to New York. Mm-hmm. So we had our aunt from South Carolina um, ship us some CBD oil from a company called Pimental Harmony. And uh, we were so nervous. Like I'm like, I hope they don't open the package. Like it was like I had to pick, I had to pick it up from the uh, post office. It was like we were crazy, yeah, right? It wasn't easy. We were nervous, you know. That's so crazy. Yeah, I would I would have been too. I mean, you know, if they're not shipping it here, that get that alone gives you that little bit of fear and connotation that maybe you could get in trouble with it. No, the clients that you deal with, yeah, how hesitant. Or if they're more interested in using cannabis, I mean, do you have like a ratio and idea like for every 10 customers you run into, like three are really going in, they want to do it, and then the other seven or six are just like, I'm not sure, I still need to know some more information, I'm kind of hesitant, I'm scared. Mm, You know, most of the time, by the time people get to me, they're, they're really hopeful and they're really, what people are most looking for is somebody to hold to do exactly what my mom did for me. And that's actually really one of the, the origins of, of the whole marijuana mommy site. It's, it's really designed to guide people to hold your hand. And that's what they're looking for. Somebody to uh, hold their hands, to tell them that it's going to be okay. That it's not a big, scary drug. Like they were told that look, it helps <laughs> and to show them like here it is helping. So most people are just looking for that reassurance and then direction, you know, they, they believe that it helps. And then, but what? Because there's so many strains and there's so many different products available and there's so many different types of ways to consume them. So, um, yeah, but I mean, I'll, I still get tons of people just looking for information, but, you know, it's it's really out there and, and really easy to find nowadays. Oh, that's true. Now, I saw on your website that you, I guess you're recommending that it's better to vape versus smoke. Oh, yeah. Dryer vape. Ah, that's okay. the caveat not the oil not the oil say it again 
drier vaping. Drier vaping uh, is better than smoking cannabis, but that's just for drier for the for drier vaporizing because when you vape drier, um, you're cutting down on a lot of the carcinogens, and of course, it depends. It depends on the actual specific device that you end up using, um, but you know it's really you cut down on a lot of the carcinogens a lot that the combustion causes. Um, now vaping the oils—that's a whole a whole other topic. Really, do tell. Yeah, so that <laughs> like, do tell because <laughs> I have like two in my pocket right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. I I do use some vapes. I use them very sparingly. Like I'm a I'm a uh, my favorite is dry herb, dry flower. But the you know you have to be careful about what they're putting in the vapes. Like if it's really just pure cannabis oil, then that's a lot better of a choice than something yeah, with additives. Um, you know, yeah. But a lot of places are, you know, depending on where you are, they are putting additives in their in their vapes. You know, here in New Jersey, there's they use mostly terpenes, which. Uh, personally, I I really hesitate where they they just kind of add them without a, a true idea of yeah. the ratio um, to the cannabinoid, and it kind of ends up tasting oh. like you know flavory and strong. And it's not the taste, but even in in um, if you look at like homeopathy, even if you look at like um, yes. using essential oils, we are very conservative when we administer essential oils, and you know you don't directly inhale them you you smell them you put them around you and if you put them on your body you dilute them first you don't you know you don't put them directly on so i have a you know i worry about the amounts of terpenes that are being inhaled by people um you know there's just there's also just the slight risk of inhaling little bits of the actual oil depending on the quality of the vape carpet cartridge mm. itself and inhaling those tiny little bits of oil into your lungs, um, it can it can cause something called um, uh, lipoid pneumonia, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, that can be very what very dangerous. It's lipoid pneumonia. It's a type of pneumonia that develops like when you inhale oil-based particles. So if you were to inhale water or something, you're going to choke and cough, but eventually it's gonna you're going to get rid of it. It's water, you know, it's water-based. If you inhale oil, there's a possibility that oil could sit there. Your lungs aren't made to clear out oil or fatty substances. And um, that is a great place for bacteria to grow in that warm, moist environment in your lungs. And, you know, it causes a type of pneumonia that is very difficult to treat. Wow. Didn't know that. Because that was the most recent issue, uh, what was it, last year when everybody was starting to uh, have those, what was it, popcorn lungs, they would call it, and all those uh, issues? That's something different. Yes, that is something different. That's Evoli. So that's the e-cigarette yes. and vape associated. Acetone, yeah, the, that's e. the severe. Yes, yes. That's And that's why um, like illicit market cartridges are so, so dangerous because they might have additives that are that can kill you. You know, the dispensaries, the additives, you know, we don't know how healthy or safe they are, but we don't think they're going to kill you, but you know, if you buy something from the illegal market, it. I always tell people like, if you're if you're purchasing off the illegal market, stick the flower. Try to try to find somebody that you know where it's coming from, that you know where it's being grown, that you know what pesticides or fertilizers are being used on it, 
um, but really try to avoid processed processed illegal so, cannabis products because you don't really know what makes them. sense so basically old school the flower go to the flower old school, old school that's right old. well you also what the flower i mean for <laughs> uh pretty much of like using a vaporizer versus let's say a sheet of paper or a um what would you call it a tobacco wrap and i've also seen um mm-hmm. hip wrap now Yes, they've gotten very popular. Yes, and right? I, I guess for people that think that gives them added, uh, <laughs> benefit. <laughs> yeah, <an> added benefit. Yeah, added benefit. Let's use that word. Like a, a <laughs> I think it's also like um, an environmental stance when people mm. choose hemp. Hemp is very, you know, uh, easy to grow and can replace paper and plastic and everything. A lot of ways. Yeah, I think eventually we're going to get there, but I don't know if these other industries are ready to give up their title. Or their position. Oh, <laughs> definitely. They're nowhere. They're going to fight the whole way. Oh, yes. They've been fighting for over 100 years. They're not ready for anything new right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, for, uh, is your demographics of people that you treat, are there any difference between race, age, sex? Yes. Um, most, I mean, not so much sex i mean yeah it's pretty evenly divided among sex um uh, the people who come to me for like for direct counseling tends to be older people and a lot of times tends to be like the families of the older people who want you know them to be educated and guided and help and um a lot of times what people need the most is really somebody to review their medications and to look at any possible um interactions um, that could occur with between their their cannabis or their CBD and their um, pharmaceuticals. So yeah, it tends to be an older population. Um, younger people tend to just have less of that hesitancy towards approaching it, and are more easily just happy to to listen to an educated bud tender. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> like that term. <laughs> Now, when it comes to uh, the products that they tend to purchase, is it more on the flower side, edibles, especially with the elderly? Yeah, you know, that's one of our other challenges in New Jersey. Um, we don't have very good access to very to many products here. It depends. Every dispensary has flour. Um, so you can get, well, okay, every dispensary is supposed to have flour. Sometimes we have dry shelves, but um, you should be able to buy flour. Yeah, New York too. Yeah, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Some dispensaries are selling vape carts. A lot of them are. And some of them, each each dispensary manufactures their own. So some of the products are good. I'll, I'll shop at a couple places, but not everywhere. Um, and then some of them are have have. It's they they sell it as a topical because legally in New Jersey they have they can't sell it as an edible but it's food grade infused oil so everybody buys it to use as an edible but it's really expensive mm-hmm. and it makes more sense to just buy your flour and cook it at home it makes way more sense to do that in New Jersey um, so it really depends on on the person um, and their access like the older patients you're right need edibles there's a plate there's like one or two places that are selling lozenges now. Um, we just had a new place that opened that's selling gummies, but it's like you have to drive like hours to get there to get it. So, yeah, yeah. it almost sounds like you're in Russia eh, right? or like the, back in the communist it's Russia crazy. back in the days. It's, it's like one size fits all, and this is all we have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So last year we went to Albany to lobby for this for this specifically. Mm-hmm. We for went New York. For, for New York. Sorry, we went to for New York to lobby for, to have more dispensaries. Um, be, 
to be able to have more of them so people be able to have access to their medicine. But it's a tricky thing, though. They only gave out 10 licenses in New York. So, yeah, so we were lobbying for more licenses. Because to have 10 in New York, that's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing, but the problem is that it was only those specific companies. So you're saying five companies got 10 dispensaries among them, and they're the only ones going to be able to expand. Mm-hmm. It's not as if they're going to be taking yeah. on new companies. Yeah, that's terrible. The multi-state that's licenses. So terrible. Yeah, so it's almost like they're monopolizing in a way, but that's another story in itself. Now, are you? We got- we have that too. Oh, you we do. Have, um, yeah, we only have like I think twelve dispensaries in the whole state. Just a couple have just recently opened. For the longest time, it was like nine dispensaries in the entire state. So there are people that are driving more than an hour to get their medication. That's crazy. No, and that's not right. No, it's not right. It's but, that, but that was the same thing that was happening here in too. In same New York. thing in New York. Bonkers. And actually, we went to lobby for that. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, crazy. This one woman we met three hours. She would travel three hours back and forth <sighs> to get her medicine. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. When it's a plant that could grow easily in her own backyard. Yes, but then you that means you have the power to make your own decision and treat yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't have that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> what do you think this is, right. democracy? <laughs> right. There's <laughs> not power to the people in this country. <laughs> Only power to a couple people. Now, for you, how hard was it for you to get your license or even get your business up and running? Because you do have a retail store as well as your online, correct? Um, but no, I only have an online store. Okay. So I, uh-huh. oh yeah, also. So in addition to Marijuana Mommy, I have an online retail shop called Pretty Pipe Shop. And that's, um, I sell pretty pipes. So it's all pretty um, glass pieces. Um, uh-huh. It's been, Ooh. that's been really challenging with COVID um, because all of our pieces are imported. And it's been um, very, very challenging uh, bringing items into the country. It's been terrible, terrible, terrible. So that's, we haven't been able to get product. Our shelves are bare. We've got like a few things trickling in and they're selling really well, fortunately. Um, you know, there's always a demand for, for affordable, pretty glass pieces. So that's been great. That that started at, well after Marijuana Mommy and it started by just a need, one of the one of my best posts for a long time on my site was about um, bongs that were um, being sold. And it was like a list of bongs that um, one of my affiliates was selling. And I don't know if you guys know, you probably know, I'm sure you know how affiliate marketing works. You you list a product and somebody buys it and um, you make a commission. So that was like one of my best posts that, my most profitable and then that place stopped selling the pieces so i was like just <laughs> i was like oh no and i was looking for somewhere else that had it and i couldn't find anything and then um my daughter really pushed me she's like you should just start your own little shop and just you know sell it and it started as just drop shipping and um i was doing just drop shipping and then eventually started getting inventory and yeah it just really really worked well with marijuana mommy and marijuana mommy you know that um that was um, that was that was pretty uh, easily easy too. That was just I mean not easy. You know that was just very very gradual. It was just uh, you know piece by piece. That's awesome. I like that. So all this is on you. So you've been basically doing all this by yourself. Hundred percent. Wow, give it and to raising you. two kids by yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, superwoman. It's more power to you. <laughs> and happy uh, belated Mother's awesome. Day, too. Oh, thank you. Happy belated <laughs> Mother's and Father's Day to you guys. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Champion. Now, does your daughter think about possibly joining you in this adventure? 
No, she has no desire. She um... <laughs> can't pass this legacy down, right? <laughs> no, not to her. She is um, she's very academic. She's um, a engineer. She actually wow. Yeah, she just graduated with her master's in computer science Congrats. engineering. Congratulations! Thank, I saw you. The post. thank yeah, you. Wonderful. I'm very proud of her. So she's got an amazing career that she's working on, and is just a really, really remarkable. Uh, inspiring human she constantly inspires me so I don't see her joining me in this industry ever you know more likely that she'll be planning for SpaceX to go to Mars or something like that nice (laughs) that's awesome we could use that (laughs) right (laughs) so uh do you have anything lined up in the coming months I mean now that we're on phase two reopening um have you plans to travel or you know uh, interviews No. no I've been staying put, you know, in, and we were talking about this before the, um, the expo in New York. Yes. I believe it's October I'm 1st on the, the schedule. Yes. I believe I'm, I'm scheduled to speak if the schedule still remains as it was before COVID. Yeah. It should be still the same. Yeah. Uh, that hasn't changed. <laughs> I haven't gotten any, uh, notification that's changed. So that's still on board. Yeah, we have um, some awesome nursing conferences coming up, and they have, well, the first one we have scheduled for um, was the Cannabis Nurse Network Conference, which is an awesome, another awesome uh, cannabis nurse-specific organization, and that was changed to a virtual um, program in September, and then we have another one scheduled that's supposed to be in New Mexico in December, and I don't know that, that that we're talking. We're in the talks about making it virtual as well. So many people are scared to travel. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, I don't mm-hmm. know. So your patients, I mean, they're, they're able to drive to you. So if they need to, and or are you just doing pretty much consultations over the phone? I am all virtual. Yes. All virtual. Uh, yes, I have a virtual platform. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. Yeah, we have a there's so many amazing services now. So we have like a HIPAA secured platform that patients can just log in and they wait in a, a virtual waiting room and then nice. call them in. Yeah, it's amazing. So much for the it's human wild. touch. <laughs> That's right. Oh my! My next question: Do you treat also children? I mean, as you said, you know, majority of your clientele is a you know elderly. Do you have children as well that you treat? Yeah, I do. I work with um, pediatric patients as well. I don't use the word treat. That would be more of like a doctor. Yeah, okay, no, we don't that's treat. not my role. But yes, Consult. but yes, I do. I do. Um, I do work with pediatric patients as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's another, you know, that can be another challenging one. And especially depending on the conditions that the child is, you know, dealing with, you know, a lot of times there's all those pharmaceuticals that we have to look at as well. Yeah, that's, that's one of the interesting things I noticed was that, especially for our case, that we didn't wait that long. We didn't have that hesitation like, okay, well, assistants are doctors. Let's try all these drugs. Let's try, you know, go on for years and years before we say, oh, you know what, let's try CBD. That's amazing that you guys had that insight. You know, Aiden is so fortunate for you to have that. Yeah, we noticed that too. It was like within the first two months of him being diagnosed that we actually jumped on board and just said, okay, CBD. Because yeah, he was on his second medication and then they were... You know how it goes. They, 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 increase. they increase it to the max, and then, and then they don't. The funny thing with epilepsy, they don't take it away. They just add on. We're too scared. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. they it's just want to build and build. But I remember he had a, such a bad reaction with Kepra, like the kid mm-hmm. had a nervous breakdown. All he would do was just <sighs> wake up and just cry for no reason for like an hour. Oh so my we're like, gosh. that's it, done. 
And so we were glad. One of the things is that you, um, with your patients, you help them through the dosing because that was one of the biggest issues that we had in the beginning because we really didn't know how much to dose, especially based on his weight, based on the potency of the CBD. We we were like still, you know, hesitant to increase, decrease. It was like, you know, that cat and mouse game of trying to find that mm-hmm. sweet spot. It is. And, you know, it, it, it is even with my patients. It is that same game. And it's probably the same things that you guys naturally did with with Aiden on how, how to figure out his dose, you have to be self-aware. And that's what we do. We start, you know, depending on their other medications, depending on their history, depending on their conditions, you know, we started a starting dose and then they gradually increase it depending on where they feel, you know, how they feel. And depending, you know, one of the biggest challenges is getting people to self-reflect. Um, and, you know, you have to, I always encourage people to journal, like yes. write down how you're feeling, what symptoms you're, you know, if you're having pain, is it zero to 10? How bad is it? Write it down before you take your medication and then write it down afterwards. And then also that it's so important to track things like the, the strain. I mean, that can really impact the dose as well. Like, you know, one, one strain, you might only need, you know, three milligrams of, you yeah, know, another strain, you might true. need six. So it's, 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 it is challenging. I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, and this is especially true in the healthcare industry, um, among medical professionals, you know, we're used to that. Tell me what number to take and how often to take it. (laughs) I will be better. Like, tell me to take two pills and go to sleep. That's what I want. And it doesn't work like that for, for cannabis. Like people have to get in touch with themselves. They have to be able to self-reflect or they have to have a caregiver who is able to do that for them. And that's like what Aiden was lucky to have you guys to be able to naturally do for him. Um, because that can sometimes take some education. Like you have to observe, see how they are, see how they react. Yeah. A lot of sleepless and nights. Yeah. A, uh, I and can't I th- imagine. I can't imagine what you guys went through. I think was so I had friends or family members that were interested and they stopped because I think just like what you said, they're thinking is this going to be like this easy process where they take, you know, a couple of drops and bam, Mm -hmm. they're, they're cured or whatever. They have no more symptoms and it doesn't work that way. And you know, the patients that you need sometimes. Yes. And it's, it could be tough. And, and the thing is there are some people that they get relief like right away. You know, there are, and yes, that's the thing. Is, and everybody hope you hope to be in that percentage. You pray, yeah. <laughs> you pray. But sometimes, you know, for Aiden, we thought, you know, you always want to be like they said, there's ten percent of kids with epilepsy that will get hundred percent seizure freedom from this. Wow. Um, and we always pray that that's going to be your child. Yeah. But then again, it's, it's a small percentage. Right, right. I know. I know what you mean. And I, I, I hear you. That's one of the things I always tell patients. Like when we start talking about different cultivars or different strains, I'm always like, well, you have to try different ones. You have to try a few. They're like, what do you mean? Why can't, why do I have to try those? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, how many pain medications did you try? Because I yes. tried, I tried dozens. None of them worked. Like, yep. I know you didn't just try Tylenol and then come over to cannabis. So yeah. You kind of have to, it's, that's so true. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. But people don't think about it. There, and then the the expense is frustrating too, especially in Jersey because it's like so expensive, and you can only buy an eighth. That's the smallest. And uh, yes, an eighth, and it's like fifty dollars an eighth. It's like 
it's oh it's ridiculous yeah how long is that gonna last someone who needs it who's <sighs> in like in extreme pain oh it's not lasting very long at all so that would explain why the black market still exists oh it is it is thriving in new jersey and you know what <laughs> <laughs> so thriving. and thank god for it thank god yeah. for, for yeah. the people who are brave enough because like like here in New Jersey, when uh, when a place when a shelf is bare, you know we have had many periods where our dispensaries didn't have product. And how do you have a, a patient who's dependent on cannabis and then say, "Sorry, we don't have anything to sell you"? And you know, and then also in the time of you know the quarantines, we had a terrible time here getting access. A lot of our dispensaries, you know, they were deemed essential, but they shut down because they had COVID infections within the, mm, the employees and had yeah. to disinfect. We had a lot of changes in um, access. There were people waiting for six hours for their medication, six hours in line to get oh their medication with no bathroom access. No bathroom access. Crazy. So. It's been, you know, it's, it is, it's really, really challenging. Now with your pages, do you notice, uh, do you also discuss, um, diets and like, does dieting play a role? Like their eating habits? Oh, a thousand percent. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And so does exercise Mm -hmm. and so does sleep. Sleep Mm. is so important. You know, I, yes, I talk a lot about inflammation, like Mm. in living an anti-inflammatory life. And that means you know, avoiding a lot of like people can still live and eat and enjoy things, but it means avoiding like a lot of processed food. So I always tell people like, don't buy cookies, bake your own cookies at home, use whole grain flour, use unbleached sugar, you know, use natural whole ingredients. And, you know, but, you know, it, it is challenging and people do need to move. That's another really important aspect because we have a whole lymph system and, and we never talk about that. We don't learn a lot about that in nursing or Uh, medical school either you know when you think about the blood pumping through the body it's pumped you know there's an actual pump that pumps the heart um but when you have a lymph fluid like in all your lymph nodes and in every muscle there's lymph fluid and it carries a lot of important you know neurotransmitters and and it and endocannabinoids as well and you know there is no pump no natural pump for the lymph system there is only a skeletal muscle pump so you have to pump your muscles in order to pump your lymph fluid and really to have that proper circulation you have to you know get exercise and it doesn't have to be like jogging marathons or anything but stretching or anything like people have to move their bodies it's so important so this quarantine so basically this lockdown and quarantine is going to be setting people up to be ill later on um well yeah i guess it depends on your your habits i don't know i've been more active than usual in quarantine because my anxiety makes me do yoga and walk every day <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it depends on the person yeah because there's a lot of workout videos they can do yeah. well i mean a lot of people have you're been right, gaining weight since right, they've been on lockdown right. That's it all depends on, the, on the, the individual yeah but yeah it is and the mindset, a yeah, lot of anxiety lot of and we watching. worry about that too and the the influx in patients who are going to suffer anxiety related disorders because of what we're enduring and especially post-traumatic stress syndrome yes. especially among our healthcare professionals oh. and what they are enduring it is devastating in hospitals you know it has been it is really 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 hard i can't even tell you how many of my friends and family who are nurses it's just it's really really I, devastating it's devastating my friend said yeah. six months she comes home and yes. cries yes so many can't I can't imagine. So, so basically, we could predict that 
cannabis is going to be very much necessary in the coming months once things open full. Very, very, very much necessary. More necessary right. than ever. It is so needed right, right it's now. It's harvesting time, too. Um, everybody's going to be harvesting, so <laughs> I don't know how much is going to be available. <laughs> right? Uh, this is too much. But, I, oh, my God, it's been <laughs> so informative. I want to say thank you. And if people wanted to reach out to you and get some more information and talk to you, how would they do that? Oh, you can visit me at MarijuanaMommy.com, and you can email me at jesse at MarijuanaMommy.com, or you can find me on social media. I'm all over. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Oh, thank you guys. This interview, so informative. Thank you, Super Mom. Call no, you Super Mom. Thank you. That's all right. Thank you. I absolutely I admire you guys and all of your work. So thank you because you've been fighting for, you know, not only your son but for the kids of so many. And I truly appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, but you're also an inspiration because uh, you know, I grew up in a single mom, <laughs> so I understand what it takes and for you to do what you did. And to come as far as you have, man, it's amazing. Just completely amazing. Story. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. No problem. Thank you again for joining us and hope to have you again, um, you know, just to see how you're doing, uh, just following up. Absolutely. Sounds fun. All right. Take Thank care. You Thank guys. you again. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Great weekend. You too. You too. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for tuning in another episode of Love and Cannabis. I'm Osiris Stephens. And I'm Nina Simmons. Be strong and stay empowered. <laughs>